Hey everybody, just wanted to give a quick little warning before the episode actually starts. We recorded this on August 4th. This episode is coming out on August 11th. And the reason why it's taken so long, taken so long is because um just had a lot of issues um, that night when we recorded. Um, just some internet stuff on all of our ends. And because of that, the audio is going to sound very edited and very wonky. Um, so just be warned of that. It's not super, super bad. Uh, I had to do a lot of work to like make it sound not terrible so just wanted to let you know that before it starts but it's still a fun episode it's a good listen so anywho let's get after it Justin Arth is back for his, what is this, your third or fourth um, appearance? Yeah, I think it's third. We have a new guest. <laughs> You're going to make me die laughing. Oh my gosh. Jake Patonic is here making his grand debut on the show. Um, yeah, it's going to be a fun episode. Happy to be here. Yes. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Yes. Works at Delta Airlines, know. fun fact. So if you, if you have <laughs> any issues with any flight, See, see, that's Just, the that's the guy. Anyways, we're here to talk to trade the trade deadline. I can't talk today, guys. This is going to be great, considering this is a podcast, so you have to talk. Um, it happened two days ago. A lot of stuff went down, like a lot of stuff, and we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. Probably not all the things that are on this list because we might be here for seven hours, but we'll see. Um, so let's just get into it. I'm not going to do a lot of the talking, by the way, listener, because I'm not super, super into baseball like I used to be, but that's why these three guys are here, because they're going to carry most of the show. I'm just going to honestly name off what's on the list and pitch in here and there on guys and teams and situations that I do know. So let's start with the big one, um, the really, really big one, which involves just, or not Justin's favorite team, Jake's favorite team, uh, the Washington Nationals. Um, who have finally decided, all right, bye, Juan. And they traded away Juan Soto and Josh Bell to the San Diego Padres for, there's a lot of people on this list, Mackenzie Gore, C.J. Abrams, Robert Hassel, James Wood, and Jarlin Susanna. Boys, take it away. I will chime in later, but you guys are the star of the show. Jake, you want to talk about this one first and just rip the Band-Aid off here? Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think this one made me want to jump off a bridge. Uh, But no, uh, we definitely reached a point where we were like, well, he's a Scott Boris 
player, so he's not going to resign. He's not going to sign an extension. He's going to go to free agency, uh, and we don't have a chance with that because our owners don't like to spend money. Um, so I I'm pretty happy with the return we got on there. Um, I mean, we got Robert Hassel the third, RH three. Never had a third in DC history. You know, there definitely wasn't a quarterback by that had a third no. in his name, but. Um, yeah, I look forward to it. I think, um, I know Hassel's rated as a plus-plus outfielder, um, and, uh, I'm always a fan of lefties that can throw 95-plus and Mackenzie Gore, so that just always plays in my opinion. So, I don't know, it, it'll be very interesting. Uh, I think it's going to be a tough couple years for the Nats, um. Uh, but that's just going to be like what I was used to with the Nats, except for 2019. Uh, so overall, I mean, it definitely like having to see him in a Padres uniform in the first game was a little tough. But um, I'm kind of excited going forward, seeing how these prospects turn out, uh, seeing what we can hopefully develop them in our system. I feel like it's for uh, for what it is. I think it's a pretty good return for the Nationals. Like, McKenzie Gore is, you can kind of start to, like, look at the Nationals uh, prospect list and put together what the team of the future is going to look like. Because you have Gray, obviously, who's pretty good on the Nats right now. And then you have Gore, who figures to be the guy going forward. You know, you have some young prospects that they already have. And then you're adding C.J. Abrams on top of that. And then you figure Hassel and Wood, maybe one of them's a star and one of them's passable. That's pretty good. I mean, you're starting to look and you see the pieces already of the next competing Nationals team, and I think hopefully as a Nationals fan, that's what you're uh, you're looking forward to. But as a Padres fan, obviously you're thrilled because you just got Juan Soto, the best you know the best plate discipline guy in the last what decade, a hundred years. That's not the same thing, but. I mean, I think you're thrilled as a Padres fan. I think you're upset as a Nationals fan because you let go of Juan frickin' Soto after everybody else you've uh, let go of recently. But I don't know. I mean, you even say it, too. I mean, Juan Soto's 23 years old. I mean, to get rid of a star that early on in his career, it's it's got to sting. I'm still dealing with the whole Freddie Freeman loss with the Atlanta Braves, and heck, he's like 32, 33, whatever Freddie is now. Um, but... At the same time, like if if I'm San Diego or Washington, I think both teams it look like a win-win trade right now. Um, I mean, you get Juan Soto probably for the future. Um, not really sure if San Diego is really going to be able to fit Machado, um, Tatis, and Soto in the budget for a long-term extension. There's a part of me that thinks Soto will leave in free agency anyway, uh, which then makes this trade look terrible. Um, but a lot of it's based on where arbitration is with Soto and, and all that, because I'm actually not sure where his arbitration stuff sits. Um, but, but no, you look at what Washington got back in return. I love McKenzie, McKenzie Gore. Um, he's an amazing pitching prospect. I mean, but my biggest question for him is since he's already a major league guy, uh, is he going to be able to develop enough with the Nationals being a 100-plus lost team for the next two or three years? Uh, or is that going to completely derail his career? I, I mean, I think Josiah Gray is great. Uh, have him, I have him on my fantasy team, so I'm, I'm reaping the benefits of that. Uh, but, no, I mean, if Hassell and Wood turn out to be 1A and 1B in the outfield, I mean, you take two outfielders that have true plus potential uh, and 
get rid of Soto for two outfielders with not probably Soto level potential, but at least a plus potential. Um, and then you hope that one of these two pitchers pan out, preferably Mackenzie Gore with that, that one a um, with a gray being one B in that future lineup. I mean, I think Washington, maybe three, four five years from now is back in the NL East competing again. Um, I mean, what did they go like 26 to eight or something in their farm system rankings just by the trade. So I think it's a, a good deal. And I don't want to underestimate the fact that they got jo- that the Padres got Josh Bell too. Uh, Josh Bell's been raking this year uh, and Eric Hosmer hasn't. Uh, so in a way they upgraded two major positions for a team that's uh, that's fighting for uh, that first wild card. I tried to steal that from the Braves because after today, I'm not sure Braves are going to be able to come back against the Mets. So I'll push back on something you said, Justin, on if uh, Soto leaves in free agency, it's a bad trade. I think if you get the sense that you're like, oh, man, Soto's leaving in like, you know, 2025, I think is when that would happen. If you're like at the end of 2025, he's gone. I think you can turn around and flip him. At that, at that deadline, the 2025 deadline, and get some kind of return on it. Because even if it's a rent-a-player, like that's one oh, yeah. hell of a player to rent. And then you can recoup some of that prospect. Now, you're gonna, not going to get C.J. Abrams and Gore and Hassel and Wood, but you could get something back for him. I think it's a good trade on both sides. I think for the Padres, if you make, if you make deep playoff runs in the next, what, three years that they have them, Maybe you win a World Series in there, and then you flip him if you don't think he's going to sign. It's still a good trade for you. Yeah, and the, for the and Nationals, it's still worth it. Um, for the Nationals getting Gore, um, I mean, we pretty much have our top three pitchers lined up for the next couple of years, and him, Gray, uh, and we got Cade Cavelli coming up through the ranks. I think he hit AAA this year so far, first-round pick out of Oklahoma. Um, then we also got one other guy, Jack, Jackson Rutledge. He figures to be a 3-4 guy in the lineup. Also, with Wood, um, he has some familiarity. He went to high school with our current first-round draft pick, uh, Green. So, hopefully that turns into something. And I was I was listening, actually, to Mike Rizzo on the talk show. He is apparently, like, really high on the pitching prospect we got, too. Uh, Susanna, I guess, Jarlene, however you say that. Um, super young guy, but I think he throws triple, triple digits as a starter. Um and they're, like, really high on him. So I will say I wish I wish we got more in Major League guys in return for that than just Voight. Um, but, I mean, I'll take Voight for, you know, I think we have him for the two years as well. Um, so we needed a first baseman to replace him because um, I think our first base options besides Bell are Nelson Cruz and our backup catcher. Uh, so, looking good. I don't know. It it definitely hurt. It, it hurt. Um, I'm glad it wasn't the Dodgers like it was last year with Serger and Turner. Um, and then letting Harper walk, Rendon walk. Um, it definitely hurts because you're like, wow, I've seen like three or four potential Hall of Famers play in Nationals uniforms, uh, and they're not going to go into the into the Hall of Fame wearing a Nationals hat. Um, so that sucks. But. I'm I'm pretty happy with the prospect return we got. I don't think you're going to see another trade like that 
in the near future where you get that amount of prospects in return. Unless Otani and Trout get packaged in a deal somewhere. Yeah, I mean, and the prospects they're getting back. I mean, uh, every single one of those guys looks to more, be closer to be a guaranteed Major League Baseball player as opposed to, okay, you look back at the trade usually five, ten years in the future, and you're like, okay, like, like the Mark Teixeira trade, for example, like with the Braves and Rangers. You look back at that trade, and, okay, Braves gave up a lot, but then still one or two prospects in there are still, like, flashing the pants. Um, yeah, we're looking at it right now, but, I mean, James Wood, Robert Hassell, uh, C.J. Abrams, Mackenzie Gore, uh, n- none of those guys are guys that I don't think are going to not pan out. Uh, and then you look at Susanna, like, if he's throwing triple digits down as a starter, yeah, he could pan out as a starter. But, I mean, you look at what the Braves have done with Spencer Strider. That's not a bad uh, back into the bullpen guy and then test him at both a starter and a reliever and see where he fits. So, I mean, I think Washington's got their, their core now. I was going to add on, and I'm, Jake, I'm glad you brought it up. I, that was the one thing that caught my eye about the return is that I'm surprised that San Diego didn't have to give up somebody like a Grisham or a Profar or somebody else um, in return, like another major league guy, like you said. Um, but I'm not going to repeat everything that y'all have already said. It's a, I agree with all y'all said. Um, good return for both sides. Um, obviously, this doesn't thread the needle or move the needle for San Diego to like win the World Series this year. Um, because they're not even the best team in the division, um, to be fair. We'll see what happens in the playoffs. And, uh, I mean, Fernando's got to come back and, and be good for them to be, like, a legit threat. Um, and the dude has not played this year, so I'm not, not banking on that. And I don't know, know if y'all are either. So that's all I have to say. I mean, I think he's still good to watch a throw about 35 yeah. rows deep. yeah. First base stands. Yeah. So. If you want Fair a enough. ball at a Padres game, you sit above the first base dugout, you've got a shot. Even with the Facts. new netting there. Facts. Let's stick with the Padres because they also got Josh Hader from the Brew Crew for Taylor Rogers, Robert Gasser, Isturi Ruiz. I totally messed that up. And Lamette. Give me your thoughts on them trading closer for closer. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. I don't fully understand it. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I don't watch a lot of NL Central baseball to watch Hader a lot. I mean, but I know Taylor Rogers is good. It just seems like they traded two guys that are the same straight up and threw away a prospect. And uh, I was talking to Josh earlier, I don't fully understand Lamette being in there. Who's going to trade for him and DFA him? Um, you just like really piss off the San Diego front office one day, or what? Like this will show you. Yeah, with Lamette, I think it's more of a failed experiment. Like, I mean, it was it was over in San Diego anyway. He was kind of getting pushed out of the rotation, um, and he hasn't developed into the pitcher that we kind of really thought he was going to be. Uh, he's still good on occasion, um, but I, at this point, it's DFA and move on. And then for Milwaukee, you DFA him obviously to open a forty man roster spot. So. My thing on Lamette, and I know this is not the point of this discussion at all, but Lamette's like a two-pitch pitcher. And so it almost makes sense to him that he would make more sense out of the pen. And it seems like Milwaukee is just acquiring random pitchers. Like, they got Matt Bush from the Rangers. They just got Trevor Rosenthal for, I think, like, cash. Uh, So I don't know why you wouldn't take a flyer out of him as, like, a middle reliever guy for, like, a couple of weeks. From, like, an X's and O's, like, pure personnel standpoint, I kind of get it for Milwaukee because you are trading away the number one closer. 
in the NL. But Rodgers is like the number two closer, statistically, in the National League. Uh, so, like, it's not that big of a drop-off, and you're getting Gasser, and you're getting Ruiz, and you're getting Lamette. And when we saw the trade, we were like, maybe Lamette will do something, but apparently not. So, I kind of get it from just, like, a personnel standpoint, but... I, I get it, and I get A.J. Preller is an absolute madman who will, I'm pretty sure, sell the rights to his next-born child for a MLB player. Um... <laughs> But, like, I mean, I watched a video with Devin Williams yesterday, and they were like, hey, what are your thoughts on the trade? And he was just bewildered for, like, five minutes. He was like, I I don't understand it at all. But, I don't know, I, I kind of disagree with what Dennis was saying earlier, is I think what San Diego's done at this trade deadline, they may not be first in their division, but they're probably going to make the playoffs, and I would I would think they make a deep run based on the talent they have. So, it definitely helps them a lot. It, it bewildered me to know that Milwaukee was getting rid of Hater, but then I go and look at contract situations, and Milwaukee seems to do this, I mean, because they're still that kind of middling market team. They'll run a guy for all he's worth, and when it's time to pay him, it's time to trade him. Uh, so I was looking over on Twitter when the trade happened, and that's a lot of what I was seeing from uh, Brewers fans. Uh, just another trade that, hey, you can get rid of the number one closer in the National League um, and get the number two closer and return back with, I believe, Taylor Rogers having a year or two more control than what Hayter obviously would have as a free agent this year, so, or at least next year. So, I mean, I understand the flip, but for a team that's in first place to then trade your National League leading closer, I, it doesn't make sense in terms of chemistry, but from a front office standpoint, I can understand it, and the fact that you've got the number two closer or number three closer, depending on who you ask in baseball, back in return for it, like, I think it's a pretty good deal, but Taylor Rogers being dealt twice this season already, that's uh, and yet still being the no- number two or number three closer in baseball, that's not bad. It, it is awfully tough for that family, man, to be like, yeah, my husband's killing it. Uh, we're moving to Milwaukee now. It's cold up there in October, November. I don't want to move to Milwaukee. I don't have much to add. I like Hater. It's pretty interesting that you know, like y'all said, statistically, they're the one and two or one and three. But with the contract situation, I didn't know that, Justin. So thank you for bringing that up. So that makes a lot of sense. And that's definitely like a Milwaukee. That's been, you're right. Like that's been their thing forever. And they kind of do that. The Bucks kind of do that to some degree. They haven't done that during the Giannis era, but they definitely do that as a, in general with their sports teams. The, the one question I have about Hater though, is uh, who kept the locks? Because if anyone saw the pictures of Josh Hader pitching for San Diego once he first got there, the locks were gone. So I assume Milwaukee kept the locks, and that's a part of the trade. Like, Josh Hader gets into the Padres, and they get to keep the locks. Like, <laughs> like a Samson's trade situation? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, essentially. They actually FedExed overnight that. <laughs> Can you imagine? They just like put it on like a shrine or something. Um, <laughs> Give it to Rogers. Like some hair extensions in the back, did? Imagine Rogers with a mullet. That would be wild. Or counter argument, not even an argument. I'm arguing myself. Counter idea. You do like the hater locks, but like out of the arms, you know. Give him some like flowing armpit hair to like really mess with hitters. 
gosh. You're coming at him. You got the hair like twirling from under the arm. I could make him the number one closer in baseball. Then he wouldn't have to tr- get traded anymore. Okay, talk to me about Drury for Acosta. I think it's paid off for San Diego already. He already hit a grand slam for him, so uh, I think they won the deal there. <laughs> True. They needed another uh, bat. That's it. That's all I have. I'm just surprised. I mean, like, I knew San Diego wanted to compete, but the amount of deals that they pulled off for really for some of the top guys on the trade market has completely blown my mind. I knew they had the prospects for it um, and the assets to go get guys, but it's just kind of blown my mind that I'm seeing all these trades. Like, I'm sitting um, waiting at the Braves game, like at Fox Brothers Barbecue, um, and then I'm seeing the, the trade pop up for Drury, and I'm like, they made another? I mean, I thought they were going to be done after Soto Bell and uh, the closer would just uh, hate her. So the fact that they got Drury, too, it, I mean, and didn't they make one other trade? I, it, it's amazing what they've been able to do, and they really upped their stock even more than what they already were, and they were playing well as the second wild card. And they locked up Musgrove for... What is it, five years? Is yeah. that the extension? Five years. How, what's the money on that? I don't remember it. Five for 100. It actually wasn't with the Padres, so uh, Heyman said it was with the Cubs. So just going to throw that out. <laughs> Heyman is a raging alcoholic, and we all know it, so. <laughs> I was he was on the it. sauce, dude. Now, the uh, the jury, they just needed another bat, man, especially just to stand in until Tatis yeah. gets back. Yeah. I, I get it, because they need a bat. And, uh, I mean, I think Drury plays pretty much all over the place. It works it's for It's a good them. depth piece to have in the playoff series, too. So It is. They're scary. They need to get home field for their playoff series. Yeah, uh, true. Because if not, that's awfully tough. But, I mean, they're scary. The NL is stacked, dude. Like, the Dodgers, the Mets, Padres now, the Braves. Like, there's four teams that in past years you'd look at and be like, oh, man. They're the NL favorite, and they all decided to be cracked out of their mind this year. So, I mean, you look at the wild card round this year; it's Padres Braves round one. Yeah, so that's wild. As it stands, let's go to Houston. Trey Mancini, Jaden Murray go to the Astros for Jose Siri from the Rays, and then Baltimore Seth Johnson and and Chase McDermott. Um, I don't know. This turned into a three teamer. I thought Tampa Bay didn't get involved in it. Talk to me about this trade. Uh, nicest guy in baseball just went to the most terrible organization. Uh, but no, I, I think it's, it's a great trade for Houston. Uh, I think, uh, Mancini said it himself. He is like left field at minute made works better for him offensively and defensively than Camden. I think that he could be a huge piece down the road to the end here going into the playoffs for them like the houston won this trade clearly because they got mancini the ballpark is just going to work better for mancini and then even if Jaden murray turns into nothing from tampa bay you're still getting a relief pitcher from tampa who like breeds relief pitchers so you gotta hope something happens it makes Houston very scary. Like, it probably makes Houston a top three team in the league, which is upsetting for me to say, but here we are. It's I think it's the bat they needed to be competitive with New York in a series. I don't fully understand how this turned into a three-team trade. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I do, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, huh? Yeah, um, I mean, for me, I think uh, the trade, I mean, obviously Houston won the trade, but... I'm I'm a big fan of Siri going to Tampa Bay too. Um, I think Siri is going to end up being the replacement for the all defensive center fielder 
uh, out in Tampa. Uh, Houston made great trades. I mean, Tampa, love to see what Siri does. But no, I think it became a three-team trade because they had to make money work with prospects. Um, and that, and that's all that I think happened there. Yeah, that's a great point that you made, Josh, about that's the bat that they needed for a series against the Yankees. Because it's inevitable that that's going to probably be the ALCS, I would imagine. And that becomes much less of a foregone conclusion than like two days ago when it still felt like, oh, the Yankees are probably going to win the AL. Eh, not so confident in that anymore. It's a good move to get a guy like Mancini who's very, very good. Let's go to the Yankees. Let's do the trade that they got rid of a guy. So they got rid of Gallo, Texas Rangers legend, and they sent him off to the Dodgers for a lad that I went to high school with, the valedictorian of my senior class of Birdville High School, Clayton Beater, which is Worlds Collide moment for me. I texted like five of my friends like, yo, did you see this? And everybody's like, what the heck? Like, it's crazy that that guy's a Yankee now or in the Yankees organization. He's a good dude, though, like genuinely, like he's a... Really nice guy, really like enjoyable person to be around. So good for him that he's getting a new opportunity, even though he's kind of had a rough year in the minors. But explain Gallo fitting with the Dodgers when they already have two guys batting below under 200, and he becomes now the third guy on that lineup to bat below 200. Explain to me how that works. It just does. It's magic. <laughs> um, no, I think, I think uh, for the Yankees, they were just doing anything to get him out of New York. Uh, very obviously wasn't a fit for him. I will say I think he needed a change of scenery. I don't know how L.A. is going to work for him because I just as big market as New York is. But maybe just a change of scenery. Maybe it'll be a little more receptive to them, to him. So I hope it works for him because I saw an interview with him like the day before that trade, and he just it's like the most depressing interview I've ever watched slash read. I hope he's doing better. I wish him the best of luck in L.A. Yeah, he, uh, he did have a hit today. Went the other way. The day we're recording this, I'm sure you'll hear this like next Tuesday. He had a hit and he went the other way. I think the Dodgers look at this and they're like, "This is fixable." I think probably 20 teams in the league were looking at Gallo and were like, "Whatever has happened there, we're not going to turn him into a 300 hitter. We're not going to turn him into a 250 hitter. But if we could turn him into like a 220 hitter." who hits 35, 40 home runs a year, we'll take that and accept that. And if that costs, you know, the Yankees Clayton, or if that costs the Dodgers Clayton Beater, a pitcher who is locked behind the arms of L.A. because they have so many of them, I think you're okay with that as a Dodgers fan, even if it doesn't work out because Beater was, at best, what, going to be a fifth-inning guy in a couple of years because there's just so many relievers. I don't know if it's fixable. They seem to think it's fixable because they wouldn't have traded for him if they didn't. But I think the change of scenery will be good for Gallo as a player. I mean, look what they did with the little gremlin that is Max Muncy. So if they can turn that around. Keller native. That's true. Yeah. Um, I mean, I look at this trade and I, I see low risk, high reward. I mean, because at the very least, Gallo doesn't work out. Okay, that's another team he hasn't worked out for. You can let him go. I, he's, he's just a big masher anyway. So, and the Dodgers have plenty of guys in the lineup where they don't necessarily need his bat in the lineup. They're just stocking up for playoffs. And it costs your number 15 prospect. That's fine. Because um, you can easily restock that in one draft, and they probably already have earlier this year. So, I mean, best of luck to Clayton um, over in New York. Um, but, I mean, I think Gal is a good fit in L.A., um, at least for this playoff run. And then maybe he returns to Texas. 
and he starts feeling more at home with his beard fully grown back. The beard was already True. coming back. Yeah, I don't know if you was. saw the dugout interview of Facts. him today. Yeah, the scruff was there. That's what he needs. He needs his, his powers back. Yeah, I'm going to be honest, Justin. I now realize you said low-risk, high-reward. I thought you said some player, and I was like, no. low-risk, high? <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe this is a maybe this is a Samson thing, and Joey just needs his beard back, and he's gonna hit like fifteen dongs down the stretch, and he's hitting a walk off game seven homer in the playoffs at some point. I do look forward to that, but at the same time, I also don't. Maybe he hits a homer and it's just robbed. So I'm like, okay, he hit a homer, but they didn't win the game. You also have to think about Gal is a Gold Glove level outfielder, so even if he doesn't produce offensively, he's pretty good at least most of the I time mean, realistically he can't be worse than like sober cody bellinger that's true but he <laughs> could be worse than like weeded up cody bellinger so you gotta weigh the goods <laughs> in. i think weeded up cody bellinger is better <laughs> the yankees made two more trades besides this or three if we're counting no two i don't remember uh let's talk the the one they made with oakland the Trevino, Frankie Montes trade for four prospects: Medina, Sears, Bowman, and Waldechuk. They needed relief help because it was a king blew out his elbow. Uh, so that explains the Trevino thing. They needed another starter just because in the playoffs you need a third good starter, and thus far they have not had that consistently at least. And so Montas is going to be good for them. For Oakland, I think you're pretty happy with what you got back because neither of those guys were going to be on your next competitive team because Oakland is just bad, bad right now. Uh, and, it, you know, you are you get Waldachuk, who's supposed to be pretty good, Medina, who might be. We've heard about Bowman for a while now. I mean, I think you're pretty thrilled if you're Oakland. With Oakland, they're the worst farm system in baseball. You need any prospect you can get. Um, and then, obviously, they're going to be trying to cut even more money than what they even have usually uh, to try to save up anything for that new stadium, um, and especially to stay in Oakland. So, um, But with Montas, you trade Montas. But from the Yankees' perspective, um, yeah, they needed Trevino because King blew out his elbow. Um, but taking on Montas to add to another starter, which would have made six starters, um, like six decent starters, um, I think they already knew um, in the back of their head that they were going to be trading Jordan Montgomery away for Bader. Um, I think that deal was already probably on the table and just not done in filed paperwork yet. So uh, you get a, a younger guy uh, with still a couple years of team control left that's probably same level, if not maybe a little better than Montgomery. Um, and I mean, I, I think the GM's thinking forefront that way. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a good trade for the Yankees, but I think it's an even better trade for the A's because they just need any prospect they possibly can get because their top two prospects are the two Braves catchers they got from the Matt Olson trade. You mentioned the Montgomery trade. Let's talk about that. The return on that. I don't remember where it is on this list. Uh, just Bader and cash, right? Yeah, or player to be player. named. Or cash. Cash. Player to be named later. I will say I saw a pretty good tweet about this one um, that said, "Well, traded the only department we were good in for a guy, so Aaron Judge doesn't have to play center field. Uh, bold move. So, uh, yeah, interesting move. I mean, I maybe Judge is just lazy. He doesn't like running around center field. He likes a short portion right. 
because uh, the shorter the porch and right, the better his arm looks. Yeah, that and you can't play Hicks in center field. If you're a team that's really going to make it to the ALCS, if not the World Series, you can't have Aaron Hicks or Aaron Judge playing in center field. Or Gallo. How dare you disrespect <laughs> my man Aaron Hicks for the left-handed uh, release, I mean, uh, like, I'm... I'm in, I guess, but I'm a little bit confused because Montgomery, Montgomery for Montas, like one for one, it's the same guy, right? Like you traded a righty, or you traded to get a righty in Montas, and Montgomery's a lefty, I believe. And so, and Montgomery was pretty good in New York, and that's not something a lot of pitchers can be in New York because, you know, if you're not an ace, you're like a three guy, you go to New York, like those porches are short. You're playing in, like, a Little League ballpark down the corners. The alleyways get pretty deep, but I don't know. It feels weird to trade away a guy who's been pretty good for you for Harrison Bader, but I do get you need an outfielder. I just don't know that Bader is the guy I would have gone after and that Montgomery would be the one that I would trade. Let's talk about some Royals who decided to get vaccinated. (laughs) Um, The first one being Andrew Benatendi for three guys who I will not name i'll let y'all explain them explain this trade to i didn't even say where he's going he's going to the yankees explain why he's going to the yankees the original thought for me was this is the guy that's going to play center field so gallo doesn't have to play center or not so gallo so judge doesn't have to play center but they traded for the guy we just talked about whose name is eluding me currently bader bader the master and he's uh I guess that's going to be more of a platoon situation now between the two of them, which feels fine. I don't know. I don't really understand why you traded for both of them, but... Maybe Bader's a defensive replacement late in games? I don't know. I guess uh, my man Ben Attendee was ready to just get double vax waxed and ready to party in the October winter. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I guess. That's the only reason I can think. I mean, I get it. I For some reason, I... Uh, wasn't vaccinated, and I was like, I could go win a World Series, maybe. I mean, I'd do it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's good for the Yankees. It, it is not a great look, in my opinion, for uh, Ben Attendee to be like, yo, I'm not going to get vaxxed for the Royals. And then they're like, well, now you're a Yankee. And he's like, hell yeah, juice me up, baby. Like, what are we talking about here? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's not a good look. Same yeah. with his, uh, his teammate here that we're going to talk about that's in a minute. Yeah, but. I mean, uh, but uh, while you guys were talking, I looked up uh, Bader's uh, splits, righty versus lefty. Uh, he actually has been a solid, this season, been a solid uh, right-handers as opposed to Ben Attendee's been solid versus lefties. So, and they're both fairly well defensive uh, substitutions. So, you know, you can they platoon there. And, and, yeah, they both have reverse splits. It was kind of funny. That's uh, wild. But uh, Bader is uh, out Till the 29th of August anyway uh, with a foot injury. So um, you could platoon both of those guys once they get back, and you never know, you still might let go of Hicks um, and DFA him or whatever. I wonder if he's vaccinated because he was on the IL when they went to Toronto, wasn't he? Bader. I would imagine. I don't know that you would have gone after. Well, yeah, I wonder if he had to is what you're saying, like been attending. I don't know. Obviously. As I said before, I'm not well-versed in the sport, and I don't really know what's going on half the time. But I don't know if I love this trade for the Yankees, I guess. I mean, it's nice to have depth. I mean, it's going to be super useful in a 
like I said, in probably LCS versus Houston um, when you need all the depth you can. So in that regard, I get it. But I don't know. Just thought it was interesting that that was the guy for them, that it was going to be Benintendi. Now let's talk about his teammate, Whit Merrifield, um, who also decided to get the vaccine. And he is going to – where is this on this list, Josh? Uh, like, oh, there, there it is. There it is. He's going to, He's Toronto. Going to Toronto. Yep, He's going to Toronto for uh, Samad Taylor and Max Castillo. Uh, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I was kind of hoping he wouldn't get it and he would be the greatest away player to ever play for the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, I mean, I haven't followed the Blue Jays a lot lately. I mean, is he their everyday second baseman now? Is that how that works for them? I don't think so. I don't think so, because, I mean, what, they have Cavan, right? And then you got Bichette on it short. Who yeah, my guess is that he's going to be the platoon guy for anybody who needs a day off. The problem with that argument, of the platoon argument, is they have so many righties already. And so you thought, like, oh, if they trade for anybody, it'll be a left-handed bat. But that's not the direction they went, and I'm just, I don't know that I like it. Yeah, I don't like the move at all, um, but I do like Whit Merrifield as a player. Uh, always have um, love his versatility, but yeah, I mean, in reality, I think you're really just trading for the versatility and another piece to have, um, kind of like how like the Braves used Johan Camargo for a little bit before he came became a Philly. Like, use him and start him at third base one day, start him at second base the other day to kind of give everybody days off and you still keep a right-handed bat in the lineup where you'd usually keep a right-handed bat in the lineup. But, yeah, they are way too right-handed heavy. Um, and, okay, uh, the Yankees are a fairly right-handed uh, dominant pitching rotation, and so you're not going to be uh, at any type of matchup uh, advantage there uh, playing the Yankees uh, or any of these teams, it seems like. So I, I don't understand it, but do what you want. They just have a lot of varieties. What's it? Vlad, Bichette, Witt, Springer. Chapman, Tay Oscar. Oh, that's who, that's who plays third. Who's the the brother? Oh, Guriel. Uh, oh, gosh, Guriel. yeah, I forgot he's there. <laughs> Is Kirk? Kirk Kirk's a righty. a righty. He's straight righty, yeah. The mighty midget himself. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of righties, man. <laughs> so many. Toronto made... What is it? Two more trades besides that? The one for Bass and Pop. That one's interesting. I'd like to spend some time on that because Groshans has been so highly touted the last several years. Like he's going to be their next shortstop, and I get he's blocked, but it feels like you could have gotten more than Anthony Bass, who's you know a thirty-year-old plus reliever, and then Zach Pop, who's like a twenty-five-year-old reliever for the number 82 prospect in baseball. I don't know. Just it, The payout doesn't make a ton of sense to me unless Pop becomes really good. Yeah, you're, you're just get, you're getting Pop and hoping that he, he pans out there. You, you look at what Toronto just threw out there today, it's, it's an entire right-handed lineup with Merrifield and center field. Minus Biggio. So the lineup we're looking at, uh, listeners, is... Uh, the Blue Jays lineup they ran out today, which is August the 4th. Uh, they got Springer, Guerrero, Kirk, Teoscar, Hernandez, Bichette, Guriel, Chapman, Merrifield are their top eight, and they are all right-handed uh, with Merrifield playing center. And then Biggio hits ninth. So it's a lot. 
somewhere Rodas Chapman is in shambles. <laughs> That's the entire reason they did this, actually. They are like, if we can just get to Chapman. We'll just rake, clearly. <laughs> uh, we can stay in division. Uh, I mean, we can go to Boston if you want. Yeah, let's uh, go to Boston. That's where I was thinking. Let's start with the fam trade. Strongest guy in baseball, by the way. Toughest guy. Never want to fight him in a street fight. Um, or a fantasy actually, football I do. fight. Tommy. Tommy hit me up. What was the return on that? It's just a player to be named later. It was literally nothing. They were like, get him off of our team, please. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I understand it. I would do the same thing. I'm just surprised Boston took him. It's because uh, uh, Fenway, like, the monster's so tall that he can't scale it mid-game to shank a fan. So I think really that's the only reason they accepted it. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, sentiment actually as well there's no other reason that you would really look and be like yo uh i mean you needed a major league level outfield i think he batted leadoff for them today actually because i have red Sox. y'all just talk and fill space while i look for this but i'm pretty uh, sure he we can batted talk about their off. other go about one of their other trades yeah we can uh, talk about the other Hosmer. Uh, we could talk about Hosmer. I mean, what Boston's kind of done this trade deadline has kind of completely confused me. Uh, they like we even look at the uh, Christian Vasquez trade, sending Vasquez to Houston. Uh, it, it's just kind of. I understand you're probably not in the playoff race anymore. Uh, and again, you still are making moves where you're half buying, half selling. Uh, in reality, if I'm the Boston owner I'm looking at maybe firing my GM unless they truly make a playoff run. Like, I understand you you got a chance to take Hosmer um, with the whole Washington, San Diego, no trade clause debacle. Um, and, but you give up. Or, well, no, you, you're uh, greatest decision ever made in <laughs> Nationals history. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, you're able to give up Hosmer. If you're San Diego, um, and it just doesn't make yeah, sense to me. It, it was a weird one. It seems like they were, I mean, they are obviously blowing things up because they, they aren't doing great this year. Trading Vasquez away, um, then trading Deekman away, um, which I get because, I mean, they have to replace Vasquez. So, I mean, they got Reese Reguire. I think it's a good move for Boston. I think Reese, businessman at heart. Um, so I think he'll fit in real well in Boston. Yeah, look, so if you're Boston, right, you've made the big moves. If you signed Hosmer, who's uh, a fine first baseman, I guess, but he's only around for three more years. I can't imagine they're going to be super competitive in that time. You get uh, Tommy Pham who's ready to stab people, and then Reese McGuire is going to crank one out in a Walmart parking lot. On a real side, though, for Hosmer, I think every infielder for Boston is very excited about that move because... I do not think this year they've actually had a guy play first whose primary position was first. True. So, uh, shout out Frenchie Cordero. I do not think that man should be allowed on the field to play defense for the rest of his career. Yeah, I, I get it uh, for them. Uh, I also shout out Eric, big fan. Thank you for saying no going to the Nationals. I did not want to pay that contract. Uh, even though I know San Diego is actually going to pick it up, which was weird. but They're not picking up all of it, right? Uh, no, San Diego, er, it's like 80-20 or something. San Diego's picking up a lot of that deal, I think. I mean, I get that they wanted to get rid of Hosmer because he sucked, and Bell is what, his line this year is hitting like 280-something as a switch hitter, uh, good power numbers, um, okay-ish defense, um, so I get it why they got rid of him, but 
I am surprised at how much money they're picking up out of Hosmer's contract because I think all of his contract is player options. As a guy who's like hitting below 200, I'm going to pick up my option every year. <laughs> Give me 16 million. The thing that bails his contract is it was front loaded, uh, so it's like 11 million these last three years. But even that, like he's a premium defender. Uh, the bat is just not it. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, Boston's not going to compete for a while, so maybe that gives him time, no pressure. He picks that hitting back up and gets traded back to a contender. So. Yeah, but at the same time, how old is he now? I'm old. Like, old, old. For it, it, exactly. So I, I don't think he's going to – I think he's going to have a Joey, or a Joey Votto type end of his career, like, at best. Joey Votto. So I don't, think, I don't think he, uh, he's on – Yeah. I don't think he's on a contending team and anymore the rest of his career. I, don't, I, I only say that because even at 32, plus defender, I don't think that's gone anywhere recently. Um, it has a little, like I've seen some bad stuff in San Diego. Good defender, if he can even hit like 260, maybe hits a couple homers, and to have the veteran presence who has won a World Series already, Maybe he gets picked up for a contender if he's a good clubhouse guy. Okay, let me pose a question. Are y'all surprised or not surprised that J.D. Martinez did not get traded? I really thought he'd go somewhere. I feel like I thought a contender would take him. I did too. Yeah, I thought Dodgers maybe. I think the league has looked at the, uh, the injury recovery from Martinez and just thought no, because he has not had the same pop since coming back. Uh, and he's not a good defender, so you're DHing a guy with like less power. And that's not to say he has no power, but I'm sure Boston was probably asking something way too high for him as well. Well, what did they ask for? Like two top fifteen prospects for your organization? Are you going to give it to him for JD? I don't, because they got quite a bit from Vasquez, at, at least from what I would consider would be an acceptable return for Vasquez. I don't know. Maybe they were asking a lot. I mean, he's still a good hitter. Like, he's still a 300 hitter, right? So there's value there, but he can't defend. He's not very fast. He doesn't have great pop. I think the, like, 300 Ted foot down the line at Fenway bails him. I think if somebody in the league thought he was good, they would have given him up, given stuff up for him. But I just don't think the league thinks as a whole. Yeah, let's go to Justin's team. The Braves. It's not the same as the Mets. They got rid of Robinson Cano, so that's something. Um, <laughs> got DFA. He'll be his um, fourth team the, this year. Yeah, for the uh, in the trade of Trey Harris for how do you say his name? I'm I don't even want to try. Y'all know his name better. Who did Who did your team get, Justin? Oh, and here Adrianza. There you go. Yeah, so with Adrianza, I mean, I can talk about some of the Braves trades here for a second. I mean, with, with Adrianza, he's a guy who was on the World Series team last year. He's an infield, he's an infield outfielder type of death piece. Uh, and you look at him, he's an upgrade from Cano. Um, and in reality, that's all you really, truly need. Uh, Trey Harris was a former top prospect that hasn't really worked out and is definitely going to be blocked with Michael Harris. No, no relation. Acuna. Um, and then, unfortunately, still Marcelo Zuna under contract through 2025 or 2026. Um, so he's, he's not going to get on the field there. Um, and it, in reality, he was kind of stuck down in L.A. in Mississippi. Um, so in reality, uh, that's a nothing trade. Um, and best of luck to Trey out in Washington. Uh, but I still don't think he's even probably going to see much time in Washington unless it's in the rebuilding years. 
Um, but then uh, we can talk about the bigger-ish trades, which I, I will say Alex Anthropoulos is probably the best GM in baseball right now. Uh, no bias there. Uh, but what he was able to do uh, to get rid of Will Smith for Jake Odorizzi straight up, and in Will Smith's first game with Houston, he's already blowing the uh, the shutout that Houston had. I, I think that's a perfect trade. Um, the bullpen's fairly solid. Yeah, Colin McHugh, Colin McHugh blew a game the, uh, the other day, and uh, today's game was eh. Um, but that was more eh from Kyle Wright. You get Jake Odorizzi, a guy who's pitched fairly well this year, um, not amazingly, but his last start before he was traded, it was like seven shutout innings or whatever with eight Ks. Uh, so Oda Rizzi can come in with World Series experience uh, to continue to help this, uh, help this bullpen and, and the starting rotation pitch well. Um, and then uh, the Robbie Grossman trade, uh, you really give up nothing uh, to get Robbie Grossman uh, which essentially your Adam Duvall replacement as the right-handed platoon to uh, Eddie Rosario in left field with uh, Ozuna uh, DHing. So you need the DH there. Uh, I mean, excuse me, you need the platoon there in left field. And yeah, I mean, Grossman isn't hitting well. He's slashing 205 this year. Um, but you never know. Alex Anthropoulos has done this before with Jorge Soler and Eddie Rosario and uh, Jock Peterson last year, where you pick up these outfielders that aren't hitting too well with their current respective teams, and suddenly uh, in, July, or in August, September, October, they turn it on. So I don't expect that from Grossman, uh, but at the same time, if Grossman could do what Adam Duvall did when we got him back last year, I think uh, the Braves are in a pretty good situation there. Um, and then last but not least, the trade that uh, I was completely surprised with, game's about to start in Atlanta. I'm sitting in Truist Park, and then I get a notification saying that we've now traded for Rossiel Iglesias. At first, I thought it was Jose Iglesias, because all I saw was Iglesias. And I'm like, why the heck we trade for the Rocky shortstop? Uh, we already have Dansby. And we look at that, and I see that the only people we gave up was Jesse Chavez, which I think a lot of Braves fans are actually mad we let go of. But if it really only cost um, Jesse Chavez and Tucker Davidson, which is a person that I'm very high on, but he's proven himself to be a quad-A player. If that's all you're giving up for Rafael Iglesias, who's the second most uh, leader in saves in the National League since 2017, uh, and the only guy that was higher than him on the saves list in Major League Baseball since 2017 is already on the Braves roster in Kenley Jansen, um, and you've got Iglesias on a four-year contract extension as soon as you uh, trade for him, uh, I think you're you're sitting here saying, okay, that's that's a really good deal. And you look at the Braves' uh, money that they're divvying up to all these players, like with the Austin Riley extension, the ten years to two hundred and twelve million. Uh, I mean, Austin Riley is going to be the highest paid player if you look at average salary, and the Braves are still only pl- paying on average twenty one point two million dollars for some really good baseball players that probably are about thirty or forty. So I think. What Alex Anthropoulos has done has been terrific, and I still think uh, with Kenley Jansen's contract coming off at the end of this year, it's definitely coming off with Rossiel Iglesias going to take over the closing role. And then you get uh, maybe Charlie Morton back next year on his $20 million player option, and then maybe Eric Anth- or Alex Anthropoulos finds a way to work his magic the way he has and gets rid of Ozuna to free up another $16.5 million and you re-sign Dansby. 
I, I think this team can compete for a long time, and I'm happy again with the trade moves that have made uh, that were made by Alex Anthropoulos. I know it's not trade related, but can we just touch on how much of an absolute travesty it is that Riley is going to be the highest played player by average on that Braves roster? A travesty. You have absolutely fleeced some of the best players in baseball. I I, I know, I, but the thing is, uh, the players are happy with it. Yeah, do I do I think Acuna needs to probably pay a little more? Ozzy definitely got shafted. He's got seven more years at thirty five million dollars total. Um, I mean, I, yeah, there's there's some players. Yeah, let's being be real. You basically signed. You basically signed Acuna for a McDouble and a part-time ownership in a Waffle House, okay? <laughs> but hey, he's buying Lamborghini. He's buying Lamborghini. It's crazy. He's still loving the money he's got. I mean, it so, is Atlanta, well, and, and I know happy here. I, maybe he's running drugs out of that Waffle House because every Waffle House I've been to is. Um, so it makes sense. But um, yeah, I don't know. First of all, I think A.J. Preller would like a word for best GM in the big leagues right now. But uh, Anthropolis is, like, fleecing every player on his team money-wise. So I don't know how he's gotten away with that. Anthropolis has, has to the have, thing is, like, uh, I'll say incriminating too, pictures the trades and that have been made. The, the biggest player that we've yeah. given up this year was Will Smith, who was also terrible for a better pitcher in Jake Odorizzi. So I, I, and I never thought Will Smith was going to be gone. I didn't think anybody would take him. Will Smith, uh, so Hunter Strickland, Margloss cousin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, yeah, I, think I mean, what I, Alex I don't know. Has I, done has been amazing. I obviously don't like the Braves. I'm a Nationals fan. Uh, I'm legally obligated to hate the Braves. Um, not as much as I hate the Mets, but it's pretty up there. Uh, but no, I agree. I think uh, <laughs> the uh, the low Mets, uh, if we must. Uh, but no, I think it's. I think they had a really good trade deadline. Uh, gotta be honest, I totally forgot they got Iglesias somehow, um, and I getting it him was, for four years. It was the years, very last minute of the deadline, of the, which makes sense. I was probably sleeping, um, even though the deadline is at like, like six three p.m. our time. Yeah, um, <laughs> no, I think it was like five p.m. local time. I was probably still sleeping, uh, but no, I I do think it it sets them up uh, for a good couple years uh, in division, so. Uh, and for the one trade they made with the Nationals there, honestly, I'm uh, pretty happy to just give up some guy who's not producing in the big leagues. I'll take an extra prospect. What's the worst that can happen? They turn into Juan Soto and you trade him probably would be the worst thing. That. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was fine with that trade with Washington, dude. I mean, to get Adrianza back, who's an upgrade from Cano, uh, you're still going to start Arcia uh, at second baseman, but Adrianza, I think, is an upgrade from Cano. Um, uh, and then you give up uh, Trey Harris, who hasn't hasn't panned out in Atlanta as a prospect, and you give him a chance in Washington. So, but if we want to talk about the NL East, I mean, I feel like this Iglesias one that maybe happened very late in the de- uh, like let, very very late in the deadline. Obviously, it was announced late in the deadline, but I feel like it was still a last minute deal that was made uh, because oh, over the last hour of the trade deadline, you see the Phillies stacking up. On talent, some of the, what the Phillies have done too. They're they're trying to say, hey, we're competing right now, uh, even though we lost Bryce Harper. And I don't understand it, um, but they're buying like they are the New York Mets. And then the Mets also bought a lot. Um, but 
I mean, I, I think it's just kind of a product of, okay, this NL East is actually going to come down to something, and, and that's why I'm so in tune to this five-game, now four-game left series in New York right now. Like, this is a big chance for them, and they've squandered game one of it, but they got four more. Shout out the Phillies having to win baseball games by canceling them after five and a third innings uh, <laughs> on August 4th. But, yeah, no, I think it's good. I, I am surprised if – if the Angels were selling Iglesias, I'm surprised he didn't go somewhere else, but maybe maybe people got too hyped up that they were actually going to let Otani go and just never got to Iglesias in their offers. Um, but, yeah, I think it's good for the Braves. You even look at Syndergaard being sent over to the Phillies. The Phillies, uh, to my knowledge, didn't give up very much to even get Syndergaard. Uh, oh, so I think the Angels are just getting way. shafted. Yeah, I mean, he gave up. He, I mean, he didn't give up a lot of runs, but he gave up like twelve hits in like four innings or something today against the Nationals. The not ideal. Not even quad. Not even the quad A team. Like legitimately the triple A team. Like like I texted a couple nights ago, the triple A team or the replacements might be World Series champions. They've already got seventy losses, but they might come on back and steal one. Maybe they gave up uh, Mickey Moniak for center uh, guard. He's a former number one overall pick. So not nothing. He hasn't panned out, clearly. Yeah, but. he hasn't panned out, which I know because I made a bunch of graphic designs for some guy to go get signed by Moniac, and he didn't make a lot of money selling those, so uh, it hasn't panned out yet. One day. Uh, Josh, you want to talk about our team? Yeah, the Rangers did nothing. Good talk. Well, they did one thing. They traded Bush, who's already made an impact in uh, Milwaukee. He, uh, he had a lot of walk-off yesterday, I think, to Brian Reynolds. Right on brand. Yeah. Right on brand. No, they got Antoine Kelly, who's uh, should be good in theory, so they got something back. Matthias, I have such low hopes for, because he just hasn't done anything at any, like, he's been okay in the minors, but in his brief time in the majors, he hasn't even shown a flash of, oh, maybe that guy's got something. Uh, so maybe some more development time for Matthias would be good, but it's good that we got something for him. Yes, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Let's talk Brett Phillips, Rays legend, going to the Orioles. <laughs> uh, pitching legend. Put some yes, respect Rays on that. pitching legend. And uh, all-out laugher. No, yeah, I mean, want to see more pitching in Baltimore if I'm, uh, if I'm uh, Brett Phillips. So I would say he'd probably get it, but apparently Baltimore's trying to win a World Series this year, so... It's going to be pretty oh. funny if Phillips is the difference maker in any kind of playoff push slash like general ability item. I just think that would be pretty funny. I don't know. They got him for like cash, right? So it wasn't even like they gave anything up for him, really. Yeah, I think that's correct. This is yeah. like actually the equivalent of trading the guy for a box of baseballs. Yeah, they got a treadmill and a McRib in return. Emphasis on McRib. The McRib. No. no. What do you mean? No? <laughs> he got a. They got a one, uh, like a one sixteenth share of that Waffle House that I couldn't have. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, we haven't really talked about anything the Mets have done and David Peralta. Peralta is helpful for Tampa Bay because they needed a left-handed bat, and Peralta is a left-handed bat. Uh, and Peralta was not going to help Arizona win. He was not going to be on their next competitive team, so getting any kind of return for them is helpful. If Tampa Bay 
pushes to be a playoff team, this is a good move for Tampa. And even if they don't, I think it's a good move. It does make them more competitive here. Uh, going with Justin, I guess let's move to the Mets, uh, the most hated team in the NL East. Amen. Let's start with uh, peak physical performance, Daniel Vogelbach. doesn't look like they gave up a lot or to get him. So Holderman is a good right-handed uh, relief pitcher, I believe. He's got like a two-something ERA this year in his rookie year. He's been up since like May. Uh, and Vogelbach rakes, apparently. Uh, so hit a home run tonight against the Braves. It was a moonshot. I'll say it. Shouldn't have thrown that pitch to Vogelbach, but, uh, you know, Justin's team, it happens. And then transitioning seamlessly to the other trade, they allowed two home runs to Tyler Naquin, who I didn't even think was going to make the team. He's here now and hitting bombs against the Braves, so how could you hate that? Uh, I really think the Naquin trade is a win now, no matter what he does, because he's hit two home runs against the Braves. What do you think about that one, Justin? Vogelback has always raked against the Braves, so unfortunately, I hate to say it, I think it is a good pickup against uh, or for the Mets, especially to try to fight for that NL East title against the Braves. Um, and then Naquin is going to be a platoon guy who is going to rake against right-handed pitching. Uh, I mean, so the Mets will need that if they're going to go try to win a World Series, um, and they added other pieces too. So I think ma- they made some good moves, although they're not flashy or shiny. Uh, I think they've been pretty good moves. So that's going to help them win. I don't know what you're talking about. I consider Daniel Vogelbach pretty flashy and pretty shiny, if I must <laughs> say so myself. You ever seen Vogelbach without a shirt you on? S- you would you would change your mind on the shiny part, especially. My man glistens. We're, like, out of moves that are worth talking about. Jorge Lopez, we can talk about the Twins. I think that's the only good one. The yeah. Twins! Yeah, that's what I was going to say, the Twins. The no, Brandon Marsh going AL to Philly. Central leading yeah. Twins, right? Unless I'm dumb. I think that's right. I, mean, I still think you're dumb. Who will get swept in, like, three games in the playoffs. Because that's what the Twins do. That's right. Well, it's also the AL Central, so. Uh, I mean, the Twins made some pretty good moves. Um, I mean, they're definitely in win-now mode. Um, I mean, picking up Sandy Leone as a backup catcher uh, from Minnesota, uh, or excuse me, from Cleveland. Uh, it's an in-division trade, but picking up a backup uh, veteran catcher, not bad to have. But then we get on to the more major moves they made. Uh, again, trading in-division uh, a prospect, Sawyer Gibson Long, which is actually someone who I know personally. So he's going to go over to Detroit now. He's one of our Tom House guys, but he's going over to Detroit uh, for Michael Fulmer. Uh, I mean, Fulmer's been used as a relief pitcher. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the failed starter turned reliever has been uh, fairly good for Detroit, as much as a pitcher for Detroit can even be good. Um, but looks to probably be better than in Minnesota than what he was and helps Minnesota compete. Uh, then you keep going down the list of the bigger trade of Jorge Lopez. I mean, Baltimore got a good haul for Jorge Lopez, someone who I thought wouldn't have gotten as much as what the Twins or what the Twins gave up to get him. Uh, but then again, the Twins farm system hasn't been the best in the world anyway, so most of these guys are maybe mid-middling prospects for the Twins and probably some of the worst in some organizations. Um, but Baltimore needs all they can get on this uh, World Series push uh, with their uh, winning streak and uh, that they've got going on. I mean... And then continuing to go through, scrolling through this list. I mean, I think Tyler Molle is a pretty, pretty good pickup. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to ask if he was a Tom guy, but I just figured it was a given, so I'm glad you uh, clarified for us. <laughs> yeah. We almost got through an uh, entire yeah. podcast so, without 
Well, well you know, it's always got to happen. You owe right? Dollar, by the um, way. Yeah, I know. Uh, I've already I've already paid her. I bought her Chick Fil A. So um, Justin doesn't yeah, have a swear so jar. We look at, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a Tom jar. Yeah, um, but yeah. So Tyler Molle, I think that's a good pickup for Minnesota too. Another veteran, uh, former really good starting pitcher. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, how good can a pitcher in Cincinnati be this year? But I think he's had an okay year. Um, you give up the number seven prospect in their organization, number eighteen and twenty three. Uh, to get them, so it's a decent haul for Cincinnati, uh, for Cincinnati again. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean Tyler Mo- Tyler Male is definitely probably going to help uh, Minnesota clinch that AL Central. But again, like how any AL Central team does as of late, or even the Twins have done for most of their history, they'll be one and done in the playoffs and out. Other than the the, late, the runs in the late '90s that they had, I would say the difference in this Twins team compared to the Twins teams of the past. Uh, at least recently, is that they have some kind of depth now, starting pitching wise. Because if you look at the past, like they did always have that ace, right? You went in and you were like, all right, we got a one guy. And two through four, we're just going to have to piece together. Like the dude that was an Uber driver that pitched in Yankee Stadium. Like, what are we thinking about? Who decided Sex. that needed to happen in the Twins front office? I think now with Male gives you a legitimate. Top end of the rotation guy. Lopez is a great arm. Fulmer gives you some depth. I mean, I like they did what they needed to do because their lineup's pretty good, obviously, with Buxton in there when he's healthy. So I think we've like pretty much hit everything other than I think Brandon Marsh to Philly. Yeah. Yeah. Um we didn't really mention anything Philly really did other than Cindergard, but the Phillies were obviously buying like they're the NL East leading team. Um it, I mean, they, they bought a lot, and I was kind of surprised by what they got. But, I mean, Brandon Marsh seems to be uh, pretty good for them didn't already. They, so. uh, didn't they cut Didi Gregorius today? Is that what I saw? They did. Okay. I was going to say the the Marsh move, it just makes sense on both sides because Marsh was going to get blocked, obviously, by, like, Trout and Adele and anybody else. The Angels felt like they could run out there. Uh, and then O'Hope is a really highly rated catcher, but he's going to be blocked by Real Muto, who's the catcher for the Phillies for the next while, at a minimum. And you're not going to have your top-rated guy catch every, like, fifth day, right? Or every third day, even. So, I don't know. I think I like the Phillies' moves a lot. I think Syndergaard helps them. I think David Robertson helps them in the pen, because Lord knows they needed back-end-of-the-pen help. I mean, y'all probably watch more East baseball than I do, but... My goodness. <laughs> yeah, the Phillies bullpen is one of the worst in baseball. That's saying a lot when the but, Nationals are in the same division. That's true. But I would say Phillies bullpen is probably worse than the Nationals, and, that, and that's saying something. It's actually their only bright spot this year. Like Josh, like, like what you said, I mean, O'Hope was getting blocked by Real Muto, but now in L.A. he's getting blocked by a 38-year-old catcher in Kurt Suzuki. Um, I mean, so they, I mean, it's... It, it, yeah, and Braves legend. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, and then Marsh uh, was technically getting blocked by the Otanis and the Trouts of the world, but uh, but with that medical condition that uh, that's rumored that Trout may have with that back disease, um, we might be seeing the end of Mike Trout, too. Uh, so uh, getting Hop back is a solid return, uh, but then to kind of 
stay in L.A. Uh, the L.A. gave up somebody, um, which I think is the best trade in all of baseball, and that is including the Juan Soto trade. Jake Lamb going to Seattle. The the man, Jake Lamb. No, I'm, I'm kidding. But, no, Jake, Jake Lamb going to Seattle. I think he'll help out Seattle in uh, their playoff push, too, because he's a uh, very streaky power bat, and I've been a fan of his for a while. I'm going to ask you all questions as the baseball experts. Question number one. Who is winning the American League? Baltimore, no doubt. Book it. Buy the tickets now. Uh, I don't actually watch enough American League baseball to really know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not watching much American League baseball, um, but I I still kind of got to go with the gut feeling of the Yankees are finally going to be back. Um, The moves that they made are pretty solid, um, and I think they'll finally make a playoff run. I really think the Yankees win the AL. I think it. I think a. It'll be good for baseball if the Yankees win the AL. They just haven't been good in so long, or at least not at that level in so long. I also. I think they're the best team, top to bottom. I think their pen's really solid. I think their rotation now is pretty good. I mean, Cole needs to figure it out at a higher level than he has been. Don't pitch to Hickey. That's your takeaway. Yeah, I mean, pitch to Trevino every time. Uh, the lineup's scary. The pen is scary. I, the Yankees are just the team to beat, in my opinion. The second would be Houston, obviously, but I think the Yankees would win this series. I agree. Wholeheartedly. Uh, here's the tougher question. Who wins the NL? Uh, Dodgers uh, I, again? I think that... Oh, I, guess uh, I think again, it. well, but... it wouldn't be again. Um, maybe uh, if you skip last year. Uh, but no, I mean, I think it's a crapshoot at this point. I mean, you've got so many good teams becoming cracked all at the same time. Um, I mean, I could very well see all bias aside. I could see the Braves getting hot at the right time and making a run as a wild card. But I can also see the Mets lineup doing what they do um, and making a run. But the Dodgers are the team to beat. So right now, uh, even though it pains me to say it, uh, Freddie Freeman may be two in a row World Series champion. Uh, but with the Dodgers organization rather than my Braves. I guess I'm going to have to hear about Josh's love affair of Jeff McNeil because I don't want the Braves or the Dodgers to win. So, But then I'm just going to have to pick whoever's in the AL to win the World Series because I cannot deal with the Mets fans if they win a World Series. Yeah, I really think it's... I think the Mets by a little bit, and then I honestly think the Padres made moves. I think they might be the two if they get hot. Uh, with that lineup now, and then you have Hader at the back end of that pen, and you got, I mean, you got Soto, you got Tatis, you got Drury, you got Machado, you got Rita Hosmer. I don't think we talked about how much that helps that lineup that they no longer have to play Eric Hosmer. So... Uh, to continue on to what Josh is saying, yeah, the Padres, they're going to be good. Uh, but I guess if I had to root for a team in the NL to win, it's going to have to be the Padres because I'll root for Soto, and I don't mind if they win at all because it's the Padres and nobody really hates them. Yeah, I mean, the Padres haven't even won a World Series in their entire history. So uh, the Padres are definitely a dangerous team. I think they're the one team, if they truly get hot, then they're unstoppable. Uh, but I'd like to keep coming back to the fact that uh, Freddie Freeman hit a walk-off home run against Josh Hader last year in the playoffs, and what if it comes down to that in the NLDS or the NLCS? 
Um, and I think Freddie Freeman could do that again, too. I mean, but both teams are stacked. Uh, but like I said, I mean, I think it could very well be a four-team race. Uh, I don't think Milwaukee's really going to do anything, um, unfortunately, uh, for Brewers fans. Uh, but I, I really do think it's a your top two wild cards and then Dodgers and Mets. Like, those are the four teams that got a shot. I was just saying, I think the Mets probably win the NL. I think the Padres are very strong. If I had to pick right now, just based on the last couple of games the Padres have played, I think they're the two for me, but, I mean, they're all, like, 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D. But I got to lean towards the Mets because I just love the Mets, mostly to tick off Justin and Jake. But here we are. <laughs> um, I feel like the stars last are... Question, last question, real quick, Dennis. Yeah, uh, yeah Josh, Josh, are you recording this from a literal toaster? <laughs> yes. I got out the uh, the Zippy Zippy 3000. Oh, lit. <laughs> is that a Costco special? Yeah, actually, so for those of you that don't know, Jake, as well as working at Delta Airlines, works at Winco. And they right now have a special on toasters. They're actually so partnering with Bank of America. And if you open an account oh, that's at right. Bank of America, you get a free... Zippy Zippy 3000 toaster from Winco. Tell them Dennis and friends sent you. Mostly tell them Dennis sent you. Okay. I'll take the credit for that, sure. Um, <laughs> I I was going to say, I think the stars are aligning for a Subway World Series. Subway Series. So, that's how I feel. I don't know if I don't that's... I the world can handle that. That, that would be nuts if that ends up happening, but I feel like... There are multiple people getting shanked on the L after every game. <laughs> now, I've never been to New York. I don't know if that's geologic, geographically correct with the transit system in New York, but I'm just going to roll yeah. with it. I just want Side Talk to be at every game or after every game, and it would be amazing if they just recorded videos after every one. Uh, my last question is, is Shohei Otani a Los Angeles Angel at the start of next year, now that he has not been traded at this deadline? Probably. I think you have to give up a bigger package than the Padres gave up for Soto and Bell. Or at least the exact same. And I don't know what farm system can produce that right now. Unless the Nationals just want Shohei. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I think Otani stays an angel. Um, Now, for how much longer? Not sure. Um, But I think Otani will at least be an angel uh, for at least the foreseeable future, uh, meaning the rest of the season, this offseason, and into next year. Maybe next deadline he gets traded, but a lot of that's going to see where farm systems are truly at and what teams need what. Um, but I, in reality, I think the Angels are just kind of proving that they are a get-a-generational-talent-type player that's one of the world's best uh, for a decade, and they're just going to waste their career. Um, so, I, I, in reality, I think Otani's just going to be the very next one. Because I don't know who's going to give up a massive package greater than what Soto, or it's equal or greater to what Soto um, was given, uh, or to get Soto. Um, so, I, I I don't think Otani goes there. I, I have flipped on it. I think Otani gets dealt. I think you look at the Trout thing and... If you're the Angels, I think you have to do a full-scale rebuild. They tried it with only stars, but I think we've seen now 
the past couple of years. Stars maybe get you to the playoffs, although in the Angels' case, they sure don't. It's the depth that like gets you deep into playoff runs. And right now, they have stars, clearly, because uh, they have Otani and Trout, both producing at very high levels. And they've not done anything with it. I think... I don't know that they do, but I think it would be the right thing to do to trade Otani to get depth to build around Trout. Because I don't know that there's a way you move Trout's contract. Uh, so if there's one of the two to be traded, it would be Otani. Uh, does, this is an actual question, uh, does Trout win a World Series in his career? This right, no. I think yes. No. I don't, I, I don't think, think under this front office. I mean, I'm not sure if Trout has enough time left. And then, obviously, I'm scared for him with this back condition because I don't know too much about it. Um, and everything that I have seen, it looks like if you're diagnosed with this condition or, like, there's not a cure, really, and it's the end of baseball careers. Um, so, hopefully, it's not that bad. Uh, and hopefully, it's just people on Twitter overreacting. Uh, but at the same time, like, there might actually be some issues with Trout there. So, um, I personally don't think he wins a World Series, and I don't think he has enough time to stay with the Angels for a full-scale rebuild. Uh, so if he wins a World Series, maybe he goes back to Philadelphia and is the missing piece there. Um, but but for but for Philly to win a World Series, Bryce Harper has to be gone because Harper's never winning a World Series. Where he goes, they don't win. There you go. So. Uh, I'll just tell you that Harper uh, – finished on his promise when he was signed by the Phillies. He said he was there to bring a World Series back to D.C. So he did that. More props to him. I think if... I don't think Trout's ever going to play 150 games a year at this point, especially now with the back thing, but I do think he could manage it and play 120 games a year for another decade. So I think he's... I have to lean towards he's going to be able to manage it and he knows his body well enough to know, hey, I'm just we're not going to play 100, and, you know, we're not even going to play. He doesn't have to play the outfield anymore. Year. And he's DH for the rest of his career if he wants to. It moved to first. Like there are options for Trout, uh, and I do think he has longevity. I don't know that he wins it with this current front office, but I have to think at some point they turn it around. I don't think Otani's on that team that wins the World Series, but. All right, let's get out of here because we've been doing this for almost two hours. <laughs> for real. Um, thank you, fellas, for being here. This was very fun. I feel much more informed as a semi-baseball fan than I was before we started. So thank you for your analysis and opinions and insight. Um, all these guys' handles of social media will be in the show notes. Um, if you like what you heard, for some reason... For some reason, if you like what's going on here, uh, leave a review on Spotify and Apple. Um, preferably five stars, but this is probably a one-star podcast, if we're being real. Um, and follow the pod on Instagram at the Edison Friends Pod. Email if you have any questions about anything. I don't have a recommendation for my listen to this for this week because I have not listened to anything because I've just been so busy with work. So, wham, wham. Um, but anyway, this is the end of the episode. Thank you for being here. Until next time, be good, do good. Adios, amigos. The, uh, the Ocho is tomorrow. <laughs>